Yeah. It's not like Last of Us 2. I feel like that's divisive. Okay. Don't spoil it. I, I, I'm two. really looking forward to 2022 when I can talk to you guys about Man, it. I'm going to beat it. <laughs> I played 10 more seconds. <laughs> nice. Until Dave had like another breakdown because that game just dismantles you as a person. Are you going to play it for permadeath mode? There's two more trophies, Mark. What if they removed your platinum and the only way to get it back was to get it? I was wondering. I was like, did they just no. add the platinum? Is that it? Never. No, it's it's like all things. When the, they have the base trophies. game and now it's just bonus trophies. So like I have the platinum, but I probably have like 94% of the trophies 90, Yeah, 97, 94. What are you missing? Like the new no, ones. these two new ones now. Don't cry before you finish the game. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Dinosaur Machines Game Club Podcast, where you are the listener. This is episode 107. I'm one of your hosts, Mark Magro, and joining me today, two diabolical deck dealers who never doubt advice given to them by a talking whale, Dave Grimma. That's me. And Dan Colonna. That is me. That is you, isn't it? That is me. It totally <laughs> is. This is something that I thought wasn't up for debate. <laughs> Listen, it's just who, who the you inside are. joke is that my microphone didn't want me to say my name or acknowledge that Mark said my name. I feel like you have any how many points of like audio pickup do you have on your computer setup right now? It feels like 15. just the one. No, you. Why is that? Because every time like you log on, you're like, oh, wait, hang oh, on. Am I coming well, out of this? Am I coming out of this? It's either my headset mic or my Yeti that I'm speaking into. So two. That's All right, the so, so there's there's not some sort of like third party so, like microwave no you must think that since I use my computer to do so many forms of content that I have like I feel that I yeah like I feel like your computer has so many lights and things going oh, on it just well, seems very complicated it is quite beautiful I appreciate that you said that I want your your lap your not laptop keyboard? your keyboard oh, I love your my keyboard. keyboard dude you can so get jelly one. get a Steel Series. I can't like justify the purchase. It's though, not cause... more expensive than most keyboards. No, you know what? We have actually had this discussion. Yours is wired. That's why I don't want it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't What's wrong with you? Yeah, man. He hates uh, like the I, environment. I, I, a wire. I like... <laughs> no, because then I'm looking then, at what it. Is it's it not stop? No, me. I gotta be using batteries, and <laughs> I gotta like be <laughs> worse for the environment. Yeah, do you? Gonna... Does your mouse have a wire? No. Yeah, my, my mouse has a wire. Correct. Does. Oh. So you, both of them have wires. Yeah, I don't want to deal with batteries, dude. It's too cluttered. Too cluttered for me. Oh, they're all wrapped I mean, up. I, I need a clean, clean desk. You, you, your vanity is more important <laughs> than the earth. My, my thing doesn't have lights on it. I pictured Dave anything. saying that from like the top of a rock with like a mermaid, merman body. <laughs> And like holding a trident with his hair flowing beautifully. With I don't know. This whole thing just popped into my head. It's great. Well, we're talking about all this because we played Slay the Spire. <laughs> That's obviously. right. That's right. That's clearly <laughs> by Mega Crit Games. But before that, that will be main topic. Let's check in. Besides uh, those things, Dave, how is your life living as an eco warrior and being <laughs> a real yeah. advocate for the planet? Going you know, good. I'm, I'm always struggling, but yeah, it's it's okay. We recently watched. I wanted to talk. To, I had a thought. Right. Oh I watched good. Detective Pikachu with uh with with Jen, the wife, the other day. And mm. we were like, we're okay, you know, it was good, blah blah blah. Spoilers. Um, Pikachu can talk to only this kid, and then you find out later it's because of the connection that is is his dad. Right. Right, right. That's the only reason well, why he can understand him. Um, Wait. Um so, yeah, kind of. Pikachu's dad is well, Ryan his, Reynolds? He's yes. <laughs> Pikachu's no. voice is Ryan the Reynolds. The kids, oh. the kid's dad, who he's talking to, 
is Ryan Reynolds, and Ryan Reynolds' spirit was put inside of Pikachu. That's not very Pokemon, is it? No, it is, kind of. Like, to get into the story, Mewtwo, (laughs) to save his father's life, transports the life essence of the father into Pikachu. Legit. Which somehow didn't erase Pikachu's consciousness. I don't know how that worked. Second so they're both of their consciousness inside him? But there's yes. never that. That's he never sh- part like of the story. Sh- Pikachu's like shares his his body with Ryan Reynolds for a while. Yeah. That sounds terrible. It, it sounds weird because it's, it was it's, it was a little strange. A little strange. Mm-hmm. Is the general consensus that was a good movie? I liked yeah, it okay. a lot. I mean, okay. it was fun to watch. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, the, my next point was going to be, so is, is Meowth Jesse and James's dad? <laughs> Oh, uh, I don't, oh, I don't even understand what you're saying. Oh, <laughs> uh, because Meowth can speak to them, and I don't think he ever interacts Detective. with anyone else in the show. But well, how come Meowth can talk? No, Meowth can talk in general. Meowth there's, can talk in general. I know. He was but taught like, to he's speak. Everyone, he's everyone's dad. He was taught, There's like a whole origin story episode for him. Wait, Why can he quick, talk? Quick sidebar. What do you think the open credit score is me, for Detective me. Pikachu? The, what? One the open can... critic score. I go open critic now. I'm against. I'm gonna give it a I'm solid seventy-two percent. You must. Al- you looked it up. He nailed it. Sounds it's literally seventy-two percent. Right. I was gonna guess seventy-six, but yeah. Wow, Dan. If that one, that was a tastemaker. All right. So here's the one day Meowth came across a female Meowth named Meowzy. She rejected. Wait, are you him. making this up? Or are you reading? No, this? I'm reading He's it. Reading she this. rejected okay. him, saying that he was poor and that she preferred humans. So Meowth attempted to make himself more human-like to make her love him. Thus, he painstakingly taught himself to speak human language and walk upright like a human. That last part's annoying because Meowth is always too like like you know bi- bipedal. But this, that's why Meowth. This, uh, can was speak. that from the Pokédex? This is from Team Rocket Bulbapedia. <laughs> which is uh, very legit. legit if you know anything about Pokemon on the internet. That's, that's where you go. Bulbapedia. Bulbapedia is your place. Dave uses Bulbapedia almost exclusively, I think. Um, I prefer PokemonDB.net. Nice. But, I like Cerebee. Cerebee is also a, good. A you know, Cerebee probably has the UI. most information, but Cerebee, I, let's be real, has the worst layout. I would say that as well. Cerebee, you guys we are love you. Like your words are great, but wrap them up so that I like them better. <laughs> Why are those links so tiny in the sidebars? <laughs> That's a design flaw. Web developer shade is being thrown at a website person who totally <laughs> listens to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so going back to the movie, would yeah. you would you say this is among the best video game movies of all time? Are we? And then we have to get into video this game. Is a whole podcast. And what's well, I just uh, curious. I mean, more comics like, pretty great. I, mean, I, I liked Mortal Kombat. The first one or the second one? The first one. one. Let's, let's first be fair one. and talk about the first ones only. I had a very fond memories of the first one. I mean... I bet I, you it's not as good as we remember, though. Probably I mean, not. I mean, you know what? Street Fighter is also good. I just remember when Sonya Blade had Kano... Spoilers. In a headlock, and she, he was just like, give him a break. Okay. And she breaks his neck. <laughs> you also and had then, a <laughs> severe crush on her at the time. Sonya? Absolutely. No, what I was bet- her? Oh god, what was that actress's name? Bridget Wilson. Wow, pull well, that out. Come on, Dave. You have. Ironically, up, right? I had a, a friend named that's friend. The same name. That's what I remembered. That's and we I did. Remembered. We did kiss in college. Maybe I could check that off my wow. list. Anyway, <laughs> um, but with her, what I always thought was odd is so she like has that big fight with Kino. She's a strong, assertive 
female character, and then she's totally like victimized in the ending where she's like strapped to that thing, and she's like, "Oh, I can't get out." Like, what happened? You were strong, and like you become damseled by the end. That ever, even as a child, that didn't sit well with me. We didn't. I don't didn't think movies it. grew out of. Uh, I don't think they're done growing out of damsels in distress. But I, uh, I think that was like the yeah biggest. But is is that so? Mortal Kombat better than Detective Pikachu? Weird thing. To, I mean, no, it's not fair. Detective I mean, Pikachu. I think Detective Pikachu is better than Mortal Kombat. Yeah, I mean, it's just a good movie for everyone. It's it's okay. I said good, Dave. Good is like seventy. Is it good for a movie or good for a video game? <sighs> I like seventy. A a good, I mean, is seventy a good movie? I think types too, life's too short to be wasted. Did you time see the, the Sonic 70s. movie? Either of you? No. I loved crazy. it. And only because of Jim Carrey. Mm. He's amazing as Dr. Robot. Yeah, but you like, not, oh, not, that was a not, great not, movie. Not Cyclops? Cyclops. Oh, what? It, oh, John yeah, he's Marston? in that too. They were pretty, it was pretty good. Um, my favorite video game movie, Silent Hill. Totally great movie. Like, no, I've, I've objectively never seen a good. Movie. A so Silent good. Hill movie. No, Dan, either. No, you are on your own with this one. Wow. Well, you guys are on Wait, hold on. I'm going to say something else that sounds like a troll. Is Silent Hill a movie now? Like, when did that happen? Silent Hill. Oh, a while ago. It was. When did that come out? It had the guy who was the guy in Lord of of the Rings who dies. Silent Hill movie has been announced. This was how many years ago? Oh, that's the dude who always dies in it. Sean Bean. Yeah, Sean Bean. He was in it. And some girl with blonde hair, and she goes looking after the daughter. And I thought it was awesome. Yo, he gets awesome. He gets ruined. It's like, well, it not in not in that movie, but in other what? movies. I'm looking at how dead he. <laughs> that's gets. a that's a Sean mo- that's a Sean Bean movie. He doesn't die. What? Maybe that's Spoilers. why it's not good. <laughs> I liked it. Revelation is that what it's called? No, I don't think it's Revelation. I think it was just Silent Hill. Silent Hill Revelation 3D. It's no, fun, that's. This is a very interesting conversation. Was there um, a Mortal Kombat TV show? No. Is there? Now we're going there's a lot crazy. of added. Now there's a lot weirdest, of This is the weirdest. Hold on. TV show. Guys, they're making a Disco Elysium show. Why it's did 2020 come up? Oh my gosh. Because oh, they're there's making like another animes. Mortal Kombat movie. There's like animes and stuff. They are making a lot of animes. I think, that's what they, I think Castlevania really did a lot for like video game TV mm. shows. They're making the Last of Us TV show. That's going to be What about the Resident joke. Evil films? Wait, are those the tops? Wait. They're making. No. They're making. No, those are, the first one was good. Uh, I liked it. Whenever see the thing cool. about the Resident Evil films, yeah. it's just and here's the problem with video game movie adaptations. It's like you'd rather be playing the game. It, uh, well, even... the game is always a better experience because again, you're trying to take a twenty plus hour experience and condense it into ninety minutes to mm-hmm. two hours. Sure. And. It, but then it always frustrates me. It's like, and Resident Evil is always that example of it. It's like, well, why did I like Resident Evil? Well, I liked the scenario at the, the mansion, and there's Jill and Chris, and they're cool. But then what is that movie? The movie is nothing like that. So it's like, it doesn't take anything that was like really cool about the game except zombies. I, Umbrella? Yeah, I agree. It's almost it, like they were concerned that those characters weren't interesting enough which is weird yeah, because and that's what i just think it's always that it, yeah it's like the interesting like thing it's it's like well if you're just gonna recreate what the game was why are you bothering right it's just you're not gonna but do at the it. same time maybe there's like this thing about like well they've already played this so they're gonna know the ending 
I guess so, but which like I think I don't comes know, back like, to Final Fantasy VII remake, right? Like why um, they they took well, that and they flipped it. They, they were like, well, look at what else we could do with this story, and then that's spoilers, not bad either. Sort of. Right. Well, <laughs> But see, that's what's interesting about The Last of Us show is it's apparently kind of based on just what the game is. And so I'm like, I don't eh, want that. I don't want that. But at the same, cause especially it's such a cinematic like game. That's to The begin Walking with. Dead to me. What's the difference? Well, what do you mean like The Walking Dead? Like the, the show? The Walking Dead show. That's pretty much what that was. It was just... Yeah, but, but see, like in that, like when you have a book adaptation to a movie, like conquest but what is davis davis <laughs> said he thinks via text yeah conquest was the second one which was terrible no it was, was a show conquest? oh no no conquest uh, oh, there was a second mortal kombat movie i'm telling you mortal kombat conquest was a show it's new oh was it it was a series it was on late wasn't it just a like, tv night. show but yeah so <laughs> i don't know i guess it, it depends on the thing anyway did how are you oh, fine, dude. <laughs> um Spoiler alert! I am really, really, really into Destiny Two. I like. The I know. You're you're so in love with no, it. No, it. Funny. I just. It's. I let the dog off the leash in my head. The dog ran to the pasture and is running around. There's like a bunch and of then toys. He came, it came back. Oh, uh, it's just everything came back. Everything. It came, came back, back with a ball in its mouth and said, "Yep, isn't this your ghost?" Yep, and this is <laughs> it was, and it was my ghost. And isn't this your ghost? This is. Oh my god! And it's it's totally. Why wouldn't I play this game? What's my problem? I felt guilty. Is Nolan North still doing new like voice lines? Yeah, right? he's doing. They're doing new. Everyone's doing new voice lines except for Cade. But I, I I think he'll be back. I think he'll be back. I thought his, oh, I, I thought he really was just died. too expensive. I think what? No, I think I have a really hopeful theory that Cade will be back, and <sighs> I think that they needed him. I think they needed Nathan Fillion for like two lines, and he was like, "All right." No, unless you pay me X dollars, and they're like, "Look, can you just, can you just finish?" No, this Nathan Fillion wouldn't do that. He's legit. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I think that he's they BS just like didn't have. I don't know. I just think that he's gonna come back as Cade, and Cade's gonna come back because it's time travel in this game now. And but you know, Cade was that big of part of the lore. Cade's dead, Mark. I I remember. I saw that trailer. He's Nathan Fillion's character. Patoots. It's really upsetting. Well, anyway, look, it's a lot of fun. I think they're going to start releasing old content again in November. I think the Prison of Elders is going to come back, Mark. I, I, you said the other night. I said, will. I will until. I uh, maybe I shouldn't do, just do this. But if I think of like my top five multiplayer moments, of course it involves you too because you're my, my BFFs. Beating the Prison of Elders probably is number. number I'll say one. this: we were we were in terrible shape, but when Skoda. we did it, we were. Oh my it was late. Gosh. It was late. We were. It was. We were up. <laughs> it was like yeah. we can't sleep. I don't know if you guys were parents yet. I just. I no, I wasn't. By the way, uh, I don't think we could have done it. There's that. no way I did that. No, <laughs> I don't think we could have done it. I just remember. I remember. Um, I think. Beanless and Matt were on party chat with us, even though they weren't playing with us, and they were just silent during our whole school loss. <gasps> I run. think and you're right. Were, and they were afterwards. They were like, "That was amazing." Oh, <laughs> <They're> yeah. like, <laughs> it almost it almost Dude. depresses me that we don't have that like saved somewhere. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, these days, dude, all I got to do is hit a button, and we got the whole sesh. Yeah, cause that was PS3, right? That's, it was. Wow. It was. Awesome. Destiny's gonna be on three generations if you think about it. Shout out to Destiny. I, I mean, know, dude, like, 10 years. It, that's a 10-year plan. We're coming up on year seven. 
they had their ups and downs, but in a lot of games come and go, they are one of those those things. That's I was watching around. a Destiny streamer no, talk about really? exactly this. And they were like, yeah, I can't wait to hear about the next game. That the first thing people are going to say is it's going to kill Destiny seven years later. I mean, <laughs> I would almost, if I was Bungie, I would almost want to try to find a way to get rid of the two. Just so it's called oh, Destiny. Well. I think that. I think they should. <laughs> well, not. they're trying. I think that was Activision. Of. Yeah, they yeah, have. Yeah, it was absolutely Activision. That's one of the that, bigger reasons um, they broke. They have that whole. Uh, yeah, like Dave's about to say. The, the new expansions, like Beyond Light is the next yeah, big yeah. one. And I don't know if the two is there. I think you're right, Dave. Because they've already said they're not making a Destiny 3. Yeah. So they're not like, making a Destiny 3. And they're talking about potentially. I thought they were, they were talking about part of the problem that they feel is because they've left destiny one with its community still in existence. They've actually like split the community. Yeah. So and I that's why that I think that they're going to try and sunset like some of the, um, destiny one things start turning things off and bringing them over to destiny two. Yeah. That's which possible. They could do, like what prison of elders bring it over. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Or, that'd be interesting. Take Vault of Glass out and bring it into Destiny 2. And then it's just like, I would want to run Vault of Glass. I haven't done any raids at all in Destiny 2. I can tell you But I'll play Vault of Glass. I'll do it right now. There are two two things that I have hopes for when it comes to potentially reorganizing this set of players. There are three-player dungeons now, which I think I really want to do, specifically because there's that's... That's great. We don't have to worry about getting through the people. And I have mm. a pretty good idea that they're going to bring Vault of Glass back. I think it's the most requested raid or or mm. liked raid that they've ever had. They've also talked about that, uh, what was it? That Servitor, Sepix. Breath and Machine? Sepix. What? Sepix Prime? Sepix Prime. S- or Sepix, not even Sepix Prime. Sepix like, Strike? Like that strike. They were like, so many people haven't played that strike because that was like, so destiny one year one kind of thing like the one it, where you could stay on the ledge and fight the whole thing from up there exactly yeah that and they were saying that in their sesh when they talk about it like that that was one of their but examples you needed you needed what's it called for that you needed a oh you Col- icebreaker no we use icebreaker. icebreaker to cheese the <laughs> to cheese the beta because we were cheese like it and cheese yeah, the tank that stupid tank now forget it but like yeah back then that was fun and yeah i just i think there's a lot of destiny stuff coming back around and i just I, feel like I mean, these it, last it would three be, years are going to be good. Yeah, like, it would be smart for them to to kind of bridge all that stuff together. Because especially when you think about like games as service, and it's like that is they kind of almost invented the model and like how the they model perfected done, right? it in a sense. Yeah. Not, I mean, not like it's perfect, but they said here's what works. And then, yeah. to, you know, other people change it. Now they've incorporated Fortnite's season pass situation. You know, so that's like it's I going don't back know. Yeah. See, I don't know if it's. I got out of touch with Destiny, but I never felt like the exotics in Destiny 2 um, were that great. So I have like, I, I thought always about felt this like, like I felt like the original set of exotics were like almost set your gameplay style. Like this is what you're gonna focus on. This is like the, like this is a a tilt on your build, and these ones tilt. You know what I mean? It was a play to me. I always thought you were making a decision about your play style. You were sort yeah. of adding on to your build when you chose yeah. an exotic. Oh, I'm a grenadier because, yeah. now because I'm wearing this, and it gives you extra. There are some. Yeah. There are some that are like that now, but I think you're right because I got this sniper rifle, and it just feels like a sniper rifle. I don't know what it really. Yeah. I don't know what its thing yet. I'm what's thing what's is. its fancy thing? Like I don't what know. Was the it the one that cool. turned you invisible when you crouched while scoping. 
Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Oh man. Oh man. That was your whole. <laughs> that was your whole thing too. What was it called? That was like the the Kepri Spring. No, that was the. Oh, that the, was the, the yeah, Kepri Sting. That, that was, was my thing punch. with the. Yeah, that was awesome. It was the that. legs. There was a pair of legs that you had that did that. That's how we got no. through that second raid. <laughs> yes, I used it for uh, for Crota for yeah. sure. I don't know. Anyway, I, I'm just Good saying. Times. I think yeah, it's it's it definitely. And it, you know what? It's so weird because now I feel like compelled to play other games in in like off nights. Like I have like my two nights a week where I'm like, this is my destiny night. I'm just gonna do this. And mm-hmm. now I'm like, oh, I got podcast game nights. I got content game nights, and then I got my fun game nights. All of them are fun. Love Look it. at you. you got your little brackets. It's all good you time. put stuff it's in the brackets. Time. But yeah, that's that's what's up, man. That's it. Mm. What about you, Mark? Uh, yeah. I will two quick updates. Uh one Main topic. It... No! <laughs> <Remember when> we... <laughs> Try and do that time. to you. Yeah. Uh, great, great running bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh but now I, I played this game forever ago, but I never got a chance to fully talk about it on the podcast. Cross code. And oh, yeah. Yes, and I promise, James, I didn't forget you, James. I'm going to talk about CrossCode now. And I answered him on Discord. You gave him a lot. You gave him a... I wish I was spoken to like that. I felt bad, because I'm never... I'm never... I'm not good. You got to get on the Discord, pal. I know, because I I don't sit on my computer a lot anymore. Anyway. You got to But CrossCode, I platinumed it. Great game. Great comfort food game that really... You know... Every time you say that... Comfort food you, game? You, you comfort food. It's like taking down a notch in my head. Wow. What? Every time you say comfort food game, it sounds like, yeah, it's good, but because it like uh, as almost comfort food it, to me is like potato chips. You know what I mean? Like oh no no no. I'll let me go into why what I define as comfort food. When sure. I think about my uh, the games that I cut my my teeth on, is that the expression? Cut your teeth. Uh, you yeah. use a lot of analogies, and sometimes I lose yeah. track. I mean, so. And, so, <laughs> cut your teeth is, is, a ter- is a term. Um, the big three that were defining my young life, as, as I've said on the podcast before, Corona Trigger, Earthbound, Super Mario RPG. And those were the games that, that I spent so much time in that kind of defined, at least for like my early and things, then you what, know I, what things I liked, you, what I looked for. And then for. you know what Mark did? He said Super Nintendo You've, given, us, you've yeah. given me everything. You've, given, you've made everything possible. I will never buy another console of yours again. <laughs> I will never That's see right. you. Well, I'll tell you what. I bought a PlayStation over N64 because a kid made fun of me during Ulta service. It's like, I was like, I'm going to get an N64. It's like, Psh, that stuff's got dumb stuff. You should buy a PlayStation. I was like, okay. And I did. And then I got a tattoo. <laughs> you were bullied into getting a PlayStation and now you... I, reali- I really was. <laughs> So is this? Are you getting trophies like crazy to impress this kid still in your I don't mind? Remember like, that take that, was. Steve. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever it was. Anyway. Not only am I going to get the PlayStation, but I'm going to be better than I'm you. Gonna be, I'm going to be king PlayStation. <laughs> when I think of comfort food, I think of things that bring a certain level of nostalgia back. Okay. And CrossCode absolutely does that. I think like ice cream. But keep going. Oh, ice cream, but just something that's comforting, <laughs> something that you understand the parameters of immediately. Mm-hmm. And I know this is not a unique thing to to crosscode. Like a lot of games do it, but the whole premise of it and I the last podcast I talked about it. Um it's 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 taking place in an MMO. So mm-hmm. And I remember Dave was like, "How is it a physical space? Can the avatars come kill you?" They don't really dive. They don't really dive into that, Dave. I don't have any answers. Really, yeah, how does it end? Don't tell us now. We know that. Well, no, I won't go into that. Do but that. Do that. what I, I felt so comforting mm-hmm. about it is immediately as they set the world. Okay, it's an MMO. Here's your party. Here are quests. Here's a raid. And it's like 
all the terminology because it's taking place in a game game and the way it looks, it looks like a Super Nintendo RPG. Like, it just, it brought up a lot of, like, old just, mm, feelings. Like, I understand this. I feel good about this. It's fun. What I think was most surprising about it, it's way more of a puzzle game than I thought. Like, with the last podcast I talked about it, I described it, it was like, um, I think it was like Chrono Trigger plus Devil May Cry. It's actually really, really, really puzzle heavy. Um, you go through these dungeons that are kind of like these Zelda dungeons where you, like, you get like a thing at the end of it. Mm. And basically the rooms are broken up as kind of a, um, like either a, like a fight room where you're fighting a certain amount of enemies and there's like a little counter in the middle, how many enemies you have to go through. And then the other rooms are puzzles and you have, you have like your attack, but you also have like a projectile you can shoot and using that and different element, elemental powers that you get, like it was really hard towards like the end, like really challenging stuff. And I, I think besides the first, I got through the first dungeon, every other dungeon, I had to lo- at least look up something because I'm like, this is tricky, but it always made sense. And it is those type of puzzles that I know exactly what I need to do, but now I have to have the skill to actually pull it off. You know, like sometimes there's those puzzle games. It's like, oh, this seems really hard. Maybe that's not what they actually want me to do. No, that is what this game wants you to do. It's just, it's hard to do it. Um, but, and the story didn't, really land like it wasn't like oh this is such a great story but i really really enjoyed it. just simple the aesthetics were super nice the gameplay was really solid the puzzles were really challenging but rewarding when you solve them um so if you're looking for like a nice kind of old schoolish looking and feel like you understand what this is going to be like i i would definitely recommend it you know it's just it's fun it's like hey we're gonna go run through this area let's go get some side quests first before we go i'm like oh okay. i feel like when yeah, you say game cool. has comfort food i feel like there's also this out- outlook that you could take that it has classic appeal in the sense that it feels yeah, like I would a say game the same way. that you could look back on even a week after you beat it and be like oh man that was nothing about that experience was bad Okay. Fair yeah, enough. and like, That's and like, how do I always I, view it? Do I think it's like, oh, this is a groundbreaking RPG? Right. Yeah. You're not. Yeah, uh, you're not sitting but, here thinking it. Re- like, it's not Last of Us hitting you over the head with I've like, never experienced this before. What the heck like, is going on? Yeah. It's a like good chicken soup. It's like good chicken soup. It knows it's chicken soup. It's not trying to do anything crazy. Does it do? Mm. But, but because, does it do anything that surprised you? Besides being a puzzle game, did it like? Was there anything um, it did? that like really you were like oh that's i mean i just i just really appreciated how i i i think the thing that i was really the most impressed by was the characterization of the main character leah she only gets about through the whole course of the the game like six or seven words i think i don't know she's a silent protagonist and the whole thing is like there's an error with her so she she can't speak and slowly she gets more words and the fact they were able to characterize her so well and she can't talk half the time but it's in the like the animations and the, the sprites that they draw of her reactions to things. I was that was one thing I was like super impressed. Yeah, with. pixel like, has come such a long way, man. Like they evoke so many little emotions with pixel art nowadays that it's just insane. It, I think and it's, it's insane. Yeah, and it's just and that's something you know maybe we're we're in a little bit of a bubble where like you know kids who were born. 2005 they're like what is this garbage but for us like pixel art and i think for everyone who grew up around us like that's timeless that, i mean that yeah, always it always looks good it was for a minute uh regarded as what not to do like they were like this was just a necessity to get the pictures on the screen now we can use it, 3d animation so why wouldn't we just do that moving forward but the novelty 
was always there. I always, I yeah. think, you know what I mean? Like it really always it's made a, it look good. It's a, it's a specific style. Yeah. And then, so one other thing I really want to quick up, the new season of boss fight books has released oh. I read the first one that came out on about red dead redemption. Who's oh. the author? I wrote it down. Uh, where's his name? Matt margin, margini, margini. Sure. <laughs> Marginee? And as, as I make sure to call it his name, not my favorite of the boss fights that I've read. Um, what I like about the series is you really never know where you're, what angle the author of it's going to take. And, and if you're a newer listener, boss fight books is this great series and of a book about a game. And it's really great because it's like, wow, where else can I read 200 pages on uh, Shadow of the Colossus? Metal Gear Solid, Baldur's Gate. They even have Bible yeah. Adventures. Yeah, they have a lot of stuff. Galaga. They have like I think they're up to like twenty four books. Twenty four books. Twenty four. Twenty four. Yeah, so that, that was number twenty four. There's a Katamari the book for this. There is a Katamari book. What? Um Yeah, they have a Katamari <laughs> number <laughs> And that and that's it so every author really does their own thing. Some people talk about how their relationship with the game and, and what the role it played when they were growing up. Some people do like really deep dives into like every element of the game. Some people do like very specific things. I remember the Corona trigger thing was really a lot about the English translation of the game and things that were different in the Japanese one. This one was really focused on the idea of a Western and cowboys and all like the mythology of it, the role it played in, in like the fifties and sixties and it was really, really like interesting and good, but I, I kind of felt like I wanted them to talk more about Red Dead specifically than Westerns. And there were just, you know, it was a lot of comparisons to things like movies and stuff like that. And it was, it was an interesting read, but it felt more like a book about Westerns as opposed to Red Dead. If that makes sense. Why do you think so that might've been? Do you think there wasn't enough, uh, well, like I think behind the scenes stuff that that sounded and good. I don't yeah like I don't know one I think it is it's a Rockstar game and Rockstar ain't talking about their games they don't that's not the type I mean of everything we've are. ever heard come out of Rockstar has always been like oh uh we're horrible yeah they're they're just very you know like the video game industry I think in general is very kind of closed door but like it depends on what level you're talking about but yeah I think so yeah think like so level it is I'm sure like he didn't have a lot from Rockstar in there and I, I doubt they were willing to give him anything I mean, and it's such a big game. It's like, how do you exactly tackle all the missions and the? So it was a lot of, there were some specifics, but like, I think my favorite boss fight book still is Shadow of the Colossus, and that literally went through every Colossus. And you see, that sounds to me like a really smart way to break up the book, and and I'm not sure if you could do yeah, like thing yeah, did. exactly. Like some some games lend themselves more to that segmentality. Seg segmentality. If that's sure. a word, I'm into it because <laughs> I, I like know, it. It was segmented well, but I don't know. Like I think segmentationalism. It's definitely a good read, and especially if you're interested about like the idea ideology behind the game. I think so. I don't know. It just struck me as kind of like I was hoping a little bit more for. I don't know. I want to read the. the, the I feel like it, they. Why wouldn't they? This is about the first Red Dead. Dead yeah. Redemption? It looks like okay. It. Oh. Mm. I, I have I to, to imagine that he was writing this around the time that they were out in the open in the news yeah, about how they were uh, treating people. I feel like... See, even that. I just feel like... In some way. Why would you even bother writing about Red Dead 1? Well, I think Red Dead 1 was kind of a landmark to, game. To me, Red yeah. I, I feel like... Uh, I, I don't know if I it think, was as landmark as Metal Gear Solid or Super Mario uh, Bros. 2. Well, it depends on the... the I just feel the like the, the story was so much more interesting 
for Red Dead Redemption Two. I'm like Red Dead Redemption One. It's just it's just about the gameplay. But how bad did you want the sequel because of the first game? I will. I mean, right. I mean, I don't. I, I don't. I don't feel like I felt strongly about no the story of Red Dead Redemption. I will agree. I agree with Dave in that I think. Fine. I, I, I mean, actually, I think generally speaking, I don't know how you play Red Dead Two and think that's not a better game than Red Dead One. But it's just but you, you also have to think same, of like right? I mean, well, no, I think when you compare the the protagonists, well, I can't think of the new guy's name. Arthur. 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 Thank you, Arthur Morgan. Arthur Morgan, so so like that is the thing. There's that so Red... much nuance with him. With the, and with that the, will be the, the thing I will always remember about Red Dead Two. Red Dead One is more of this conglomerate of which is kind of what the, what the book was framed it as, as the dying West, the role of the cowboy, the grayish nature of, you know, his role, the you know mm. the the tokenism in you know, blatant kind of racism that's kind of uh, propagated in Western art, especially from the 50s and 60s. Mm. And it really gets into that. It's interesting. But I don't know, like, it's a good book. And if you like Red Dead, it's definitely worth a read. But I think if I was going to list you, like, my top three boss fights, that probably wouldn't be in my top three, I think. Um, But what might be in my top three mm-hmm. is the main topic game, Slip Spire. Oh! Oh! Good evening, listeners. This is your captain speaking. We are approaching the main topic. Please note that the spoiler light has been turned on. I repeat, spoilers incoming. Thank you. Dan, I I, I had a, a brain fought, and I need the, the publishing and marketing team of Slay the Spire to tell me about Slay the Spire. Can you inform us? It would help me what they'll say about this. It's funny <laughs> that you would say that because the wording is from the first person. Oh, mm-hmm. interesting. Um, we fused card games and roguelikes to get... Well, let me start that over. We fused <laughs> card games and roguelikes together to make the best single-player deck builder we could. Craft a unique deck, encounter bizarre creatures, discover relics of immense power, and slay the Spire. This game is overwhelmingly positively reviewed. Everybody loved it. Always, recently, and forever before. Came out in January um, of last year, 2019, January 23rd. Developed and published by Mega Crit Games. And there are three tags here. Mm. <laughs> well, come on, why throw me a bone? <laughs> roguelike deck builder. Card battler. Roguelike deck builder. And card game. What is the tag I wanted? Trap card. <laughs> Trap um, card. Dave's got that. Go on. Mark, what is, uh, the, what is the tag I wanted? Uh, Bonfires. Exactly. Indie. That's what uh, I said. Indie. <laughs> and they, it's an indie game. It's, well, it, it is Dave, an indie game. I've said the words on the <clears throat> screen. I'm flustered. I need you mm-hmm. to bring me back down to earth with oh. your description of the game. Okay, my description is Slay the Spire is a turn-based strategic roguelike card game. You start the game with an avatar which controls your starting deck of cards as well as the cards you may accrue throughout playing. This game is super heady. You're constantly evaluating <laughs> strategies and what the benefits of playing one card over another are, as well as developing an overall strategy for defeating bosses at the end of each act. The RNG comes in from the shuffle of the deck and the cards and relics that you can acquire throughout the process. Rated H for hell of a good time. Deal with it. 
Whoa. Oh, deal. I get it. <laughs> oh, deal <laughs> with it. Deal That's with the pun. It. That's there it is. I got to say, I was, um, I think, was it Natalie? Pulled out a pun the other day. Right, Dave? Oh, was that yeah. you telling me? <laughs> She's, yeah. Yeah. She's been Mark, breaking you, out puns. You, you got sure has she passed <laughs> she makes she makes puns they're real and she thinks that they're hilarious <laughs> nice she, half the saying, time it's it's selling your own joke i like to think but uh, yeah. um, anyway that was beautiful dave thank you very she's much. like that get it <laughs> <laughs> so let's start with you know 100 up 107 episodes in still a first for this we've never played a card game yeah. for the podcast before yet. So definitely. I kind of want to start definitely there. No experience. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Definitely. So let's let's kind of take a moment. Let's go around. What's your experience? Card games digitally? Card games physically? Are you guys into card games? Is this kind of a new experience? Damn, we'll start with you. I play Magic the Gathering like crazy. Ooh. And I love it. Currently? No, but I have my, my decks are at home. They're very old and underpowered at this point. But... You know, I would pick it up again. I, this is the kind of thing I would pick up again. I mean, it's kind of frustrating because most of the fun is playing in person. and That's not currently a ton of abundance mm. of that right now. But, I mean, I understand it enough to play it. And I think I would play it again. But, yeah, that's... If I was to talk about a card game that I played, that's the one. I mean, I didn't really play the Pokemon card game. I know that the cards are cool. But I, I remember thinking, why would they make this? The game exists. And I still <laughs> kind of feel that way. Um but yeah, and then that's, what I, that's it. Any like game with like Hearthstone or anything like that you ever get into? I tried to play Hearthstone on my phone and I liked it for a minute. It was, I mean, dare I sound condescending, a bit too simplistic for me. Oh boy. I kind of didn't really feel, I mean, that's part of its charm and I'm sure that's part of why it's good. It's there's, it's a, there's a Blizzard rep who's just like sticking his nose like, into your window. I right tried now. so hard, but I think it was, it was fine. I just, it didn't stick with me as much. And I think mm. when it comes to digital card games, I'm trying to think of any that really besides this one, uh, I want to play this newer one called Little Town Hero. And this game actually inspired me to think about that game more. Little Town Hero mm. is made by the people who made Pokemon actually, not Nintendo. But oh, game, I remember it. That was, yeah, that was like a big thing because it was like, being developed at the same yeah. time as the old the new Pokemon game, and yeah, that was that was why it was a big thing. Yeah. And I don't think it's that good, but I. But also, it's like a non Pokemon game that they made. Yeah, like, but I think that's why it was considered to be not that good. So I want to give that a shot. But yeah, card games and me, Magic the Gathering, and then I guess just this really. Mm. What about you, Dave? Um, I mean define card game you know what i mean like are we talking just poker or are we only not poker talking we're about, talking like, cards oh, yeah, that have stuff that. on them i'm just saying like there are similar principles in different games i have never really gotten into um card games of this type mm. so anything this kind that, of anything where you're like building a deck the closest i can think that is towards building a deck is like catching pokemon which is funny that you would say that they're similar or yeah it's kind of because it's kind of like collection mentality yeah it's a collection yeah. mentality and like you are like making decisions on what their four moves are you know what i mean There's... yeah and i'm kind of the same way really like i always found card games intimidating because mm. it's like different rule sets i remember i tried playing magic once and there was like land and i was like what, like, what why do i need mana what is this Ooh, for what is this and like why do I, I just sometimes there's a graveyard sometimes they turn them <laughs> sideways and and then there's the whole process of like you know when you th you brought up like poker Dave it's like okay there is a set number of cards here are all the things that they could do but with that and Dan you mentioned like deck building it's like there are all these things so like they might be bringing into things that I don't have right so it's like 
it always just felt like a very intimidating space that unless you're mm. going to go hard in, it's like, I, I can't dip my toes. I'm either in or I'm the, out. There was this level of pay to win, essentially, that there, that was there. Not that you could intentionally buy good cards, but you could. But you could keep spending money on cards to, to get rare cards. I would dare yeah. say that they invented the loot box yeah. collectible card games. <laughs> Before and, they um, even knew that. Yeah, they were there first. And I think that also, I agree with you, Mark. Like when somebody like, there was definitely that kid in Magic that had 10 booster packs all the time. And he was like, oh, I'm opening up some cards today. I'm like, all right, dude, like I've got my same deck. Like you're just going to beat me harder. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I say, so I we were that. talking about Yu-Gi-Oh earlier. I used to work at Toys R Us back in high school. And wow. we used to have these like $20 tins of Yu-Gi-Oh cards. And I remember parents used to come in and like a special holiday, just buy five, six tins. And I'm like, what? It's just because it's just the roll of the dice. It's like, which card are you going to get? And that mentality always kind of like carried it for like the digital games where Hearthstone and stuff like that. Like I was always just, eh, I'm like, you know, if there's ways to earn cards, I'm sure that could be fun. But it always kind of felt like an intimidating realm for me. Hearthstone uh, included. Yeah. And all that. So then, you know, during this COVID period and uh, my daughter, thankfully, sleeping till like 830 every day staying up late at night so it's like been really working through my backlog and i remember slay the spire as a game i picked it was like oh i know i said this card game got like a 90 on metacritic like is it that good so like i kind of bought it on a whim and oh boy it, it was like a whole exposure so let's let's start kind of getting into it next thing i want to talk about as it's kind of labeled as a roguelike i want to bring back our new game good use of roguelike bad use of roguelike so so <laughs> roguelike elements of this game um it is kind of almost like a dungeon crawler so the you have th in the base version of it you have three kind of acts you need to get through the series of battles or rest spots that's all kind of randomized the cards you encounter are randomized mm -hmm. the enemies are randomized relics you might encounter are randomized and you once you kind of go through it you do earn experience points which then could work towards kind of bringing possible new dart new cards into the deck but really that's kind of a minimal amount the real thing you kind of get from playthrough the playthrough is more expo exposure to enemy types strategies with your different characters um just card possibilities relic possibilities so dave i'll start with you in your in your definition good use of roguelike or bad use of roguelike this is i it has to be good this is i think as of right now this is my favorite roguelike that i've ever played Mm. go so, on i why? just it's why i mean <laughs> i love that it's turn-based and i can think about my moves you know what i mean like I, I think i prefer that in a roguelike i'd rather not um because i want to feel like i earned the loss you know what i mean yeah but you were Whereas out of it options. gives you that certain agency or whatever as as opposed to um you know taking the wrong role in a bullet hell type roguelike or mm -hmm. you know something like that effect the other roguelike that i really loved obviously was children of morta you know but that with that story always kind of advancing i didn't ever really felt like that was a true roguelike you know it didn't feel like a grind because you're always getting yeah. feedback like that is it, it would people consider children of morta a roguelike it has roguelike elements i don't know if it's a roguelike i, I think you know like all games there's no, like there's the no lines permadeath. are blurry there's no, no permadeath the map's would yeah, but because it's procedurally generated, it's a it's procedurally I mean, we generated. Probably should, we, probably, we should give Slay the Spire more time, but I'm just <laughs> yeah. well, 
I want to to piggyback off that. Like for me, this checks all the ba- all the boxes of bad use of roguelike where I've kind of harked on when we were talking about Enter the Gungeon last season. Like my biggest pet peeve with roguelikes is okay, I played through this experience and Oh, I didn't win, and I got nothing out of it. This time is wasted. Mm. But I felt the same way with you. I was like, I like this game. Why do I like this game? That it, it you can it, unlock it do- um, progress yeah. towards new cards. Yeah, but those are so minimal. So I think for and, and one of the things I appreciate about this podcast again, it forces us kind of in this position to really think mm. about why we feel the way we do. I feel like this game falls into more of the uh into the breach ftl kind of realm of roguelike yes. where and i was trying to think about okay so why is this even though i'm not for the most part i have the experience and it's over and i didn't really i mean i get it i guess potential towards new cards but really it's not that much mm-hmm. i think it goes back to that cerebral aspect where it's not twitchy it's not based on reflexes mm-hmm. it is about decisions and i'm making these decisions and the runs, and I think this was a big plus for it, the runs are pretty, it's pretty hard to lose if you're doing mm. the base game, like the act first act. Like, you really got to make some bad decisions. And I thought, in that respect, it made me be much more risk-taking. Because I'm like, if I'm going to get to the end, I really got to gotta go mm. all in. So, like, things like, and we'll get into gameplay elements later, but, like, things like bonfires and the big, like... If I was going into the final boss, I wasn't worried at my full X- XP. Should I rest? I'm like, no, let me just try maxing out my cards. Let me start getting rid of cards. And really, it's hard to fail more than like 30 minutes in. I thought, at least in my experience. So like, I felt every run, even though if I didn't win, it, it was never quick and over or I felt immediately doomed. There were mm. so many elements. It's like, oh, this can really turn around which I think kind of speaks to like the balance and the learning curve of it Mm -hmm. that you're given time for a lot of elements to kind of fall into play before it's really determined. Are you going to be successful or not? And even when it happens, it is not about your reflexes. It's about your decision-making and you have the time to really think about it through turn by turn. I think the, one of the biggest challenges in the game though is like the pivot that you have to make about building your deck when you're just not getting the cards that you want. Right, and it's like making those choices about which cards am I being presented? Are they going to fall into a strategy that I kind of understand yeah. and that I can make work? So, for for whatever reason, like I feel like, well, I guess the reasons are just said. Like this checks all the boxes for bad user roguelike, but I thought the roguelike in this game worked, and I think it's just it spoke to the balance of it. It 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 really made every run so fresh, mm. but I was never frustrated to the point where I felt I was that. The feeling of, oh, I wasted my time. No, I felt every run felt good to me. Uh, what about you, Dan? You've been, what was your feeling on the roguelike elements? It was pretty good. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, it, was <laughs> it was good. I mean, like, it, I think you kind of touched on that earlier with your nerves around card games. I think this is that spun around in a good way. There is that element of, I don't know what this person's going to have going in to a card game match. And I think that was sort of the roguelike element for me. That that unknown felt mm. natural because of the game's setting. And I knew what I had and I knew what I could potentially get. And I also had a lot of control over what came into my deck as well. I really did like that there was, it was a roguelike and there were random, random elements there, but it didn't mm. like Dave said earlier too, like it didn't remove my agency from how my deck grew. Uh, of course there were some cards I wished showed up 
at certain yeah. moments that I could add to my deck, but that was also like that's I wish certain cards were in my booster packs when I played Magic. Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> like you work with what you get and it's not totally you're not, you know, out of luck. Um, yeah. And, and, and really I mean you might lose because of that, but not it's not gonna be the reason. You might lose an hour later. Right. Yeah. Like, which is fine. Because you learn <laughs> but, more about the game. Exactly. And there's are gonna be all these decisions in between that will then kind of dictate what your further runs on. And this is one of those the big like the big things I thought was fun about this game was, especially in those first couple hours, it was like, Oh, I didn't even know there was a relic or card that could do that. Right. Yeah. And now okay, now I do know that. So it's like kind of filing those things away those, in your brain. And or I feel like, like there might have been something there that did that. Like showed you things that weren't there prior, increasing your chances to see these cards you weren't originally interfacing with to yeah. give you that fresh experience. I feel like that was there was some element of that. I can't speak to that because I didn't make the game. But mm. yeah. Anyway, Dave, I, I totally cut you off. No, you I was gonna say like there I remember like late into playing the game after I've like had already has successful runs like multiple times. Like I remember like, Oh, this time with the ironclad, I'm going to try and build a fire breathing deck. Cause mm. the fire breathing skill is like you do deal fire damage every time, like a, a curse or whatever weakness comes up in your deck. So I'm like, now I'm intentionally getting bad cards because I want to breathe fire against the enemies. And it I thought was that was one of fun. the better skills for me yeah. personally. Cause I, I, because I mean, there Mark... were other things that could stack with it too, I think. Yeah, that, yeah. But I think my more successful runs involved fire breathing for sure. So I, I see why that would be appealing. <laughs> so yeah, so let's start getting into that, like the actual gameplay elements. So you get, and we're, and we're playing this in 2020. So I know original start there were three characters you can choose from. Mm-hmm. Uh, now there are four. Yeah. Uh, they each have their very specific decks. So cars are there's some car, the very basic cars kind of carry to all of them were defend and attack, mm-hmm. but card decks are kind of specific to these characters. We have the ironclad, the silence, the defect, and the watcher. Um, was there a character that kind of jumped out to you guys more than the others? Was there or a, a character you kind of liked a lot more? What was your strategies going to them? Any like fun kind of moments you had with them? I'll kick it to you, Dan, first. Of your of the characters, which one do you like with, and what'd you do with them? I liked Ironclad the most, and that's basically because it's the one character I got. I didn't really get too far in this game, but oh. it's also because I kind of stunk at it. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't. I didn't feel like I really lost anything from that but ironclad was good he felt like the most well-rounded no wait i did unlock the other one the second Silent. character but i didn't use him or her um i i, de- I definitely didn't mistake look. yeah uh, mistake amazing i wanted a mistake. to so mistake. This, this goes, I the silence is so to, good i liked fire breathing it was one of the reasons i stuck yeah. with ironclad mm-hmm. and the other reason was because i had dave mentality and i was like well i want to beat it with ironclad first yeah, I, mm. I did do that too. And I did too. I, it's I probably think it's the a, wrong way to take the game in, but that's no, why I suck. With I think Ironclad. no, I actually think that that is the way because I think the Ironclads, and maybe the, uh, I don't. I think the Ironclads. I think deck, the Silent is easier to beat it with than. I think there are, are very effective strategies that you can figure out as the Silent, but I think that Ironclad kind of works as the starter in that it's kind of the most basic, where it really mm. is just about doing damage and getting defense. And the cards, yeah. the fire element is kind of that other angle you can take to it. And there's a lot of other nuance to it. But I feel like that feels like the mm-hmm. the default of this. Because there's a lot of 
decent damage in the beginning. There's a lot of decent defense in the beginning. Mm. And I was kind of saying about like Fire Barrier. I remember it was like a big card I liked as him. Um, Reaper was one of those cards I found. I was like, oh, I didn't even know a card could do that where it deals damage and kind of heals you. And especially it's like you kind of like want to make sure your HP is high. Like that was a mm-hmm. card I really liked. I thought he was kind of a nice. I, I liked. He I taught liked me how to play the game. I like the anger card that he gets. Mm. It was because like, a zero, zero action, zero energy card. So you can use it every time it comes up. And every time you use it, it adds, they adds another one to your deck for that, for the length of that battle. Mm. So, and that, 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 I want to actually bring that up here. So like, what was your, in terms of deck size, did you guys ever really like care about how big your deck is getting versus not? I I, I, I know Mark's answer and I disagree, but keep going. <laughs> well, well, I'll so let me I'll put my 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 piece first, and you can counteract me. I thought that because you I think you start off with what ten cards. Yeah, you think like it's only ten? Yeah. I found that once I got when I was trying to really analyze because I I, I, I think I think in, what you want is predictability. Well, because when I'm thinking about like just stats, I like how and Dave odds, is sizing just, marks up. Well, Mark, we we've talked about this beforehand yeah. when we, we were playing, but when I was going to try to think, okay, like these are the cards that really I find effective when I use them together. But then there's mm. always puzzles like, well, the, when you draw a hand, they're not always going to be there. So mm. how do I increase those odds while I keep a smaller deck? So what I tried doing, especially like as I threw out the core, you start off with five attack cards and five defense cards. I really, really tried hard, but by the time I got to act three, they were all gone. I dumped all of them. Like, I, that's like, I don't even know how that's possible. It, then it's about <laughs> taking advantage of those times. So like when you get to a shop, you can yeah. pay to get rid of a card out of your deck. A, which, a card. You only let you remove one at a time. Yeah. So it wasn't easy, but then there would be some, but you can only you see get, the shop like a maximum of six times. So there's that, and then there would be opportunities through kind of like randomized events. So you would, you like would that. seek out the random events to hopefully be able to remove cards. And that was kind of one of the nice things about it. It's like depending on how my run was going, mm-hmm. I would kind of make those decisions. So like when you're on the map, you get like an attack. There's a bond. There's you know you're going to go to mm. a battle. You're going to go to a, a bonfire. Or you're going to go to a shop. Or you're going to go to a random event. And if I knew. You just because sometimes you can find areas where it's like, oh, I'm gonna hit like two shops in a row, I can get rid of two cards. Mm-hmm. And, but do I have the money to get rid of those? See, cards? I always, so, I always felt like that was a waste of money. I'll deal with it instead of like because those cards, those starting ten cards, are not good. Yeah, you know what I mean. But if I get more and more other cards, then the odds of them coming up are lower. True. So I was the, like. I'm getting as big of a deck as possible. <laughs> my mentality was always that it's well, like I want to make sure I get specific cards. So if I, my mm. com- like, I think there's, I was always trying to make sure my deck was between like 20 and 25 was my goal. So obviously like sometimes it just goes yeah. over, but I felt there was a danger too when you get opportunities to get more cards to always keep taking cards. Like I didn't think mm. I started cutting into mentality. I don't need to always take a card every time I can. Yeah, because if I feel like I have a good deck, why am I going to bloat it and then potentially get cards that, you know, I don't want to play always? I think I think I I think I um, maybe denied a card like once or twice out of like 100 or 200 opportunities. You know what I mean? Like out of 300 opportunities, I would 
I almost always took the card, you know? I would do it like act one, I'm getting cards actively. Act two, I'm really getting cards actively, but I'm because then you start getting stronger mm. cards, but I'm kind of being specific. Act three, unless it was a card that blew me away, I, I denied it because mm. I really wanted to keep a tight deck yeah. when I got to the end. Uh, did, did you ever like pay attention to like your deck size? Did you care? No, I mean... No, I just didn't really think about that because I just needed as many cards as I could possibly get, and I know I wanted a lot of duplicates. That was my mm. one of my strategies. I don't know if it was really good, but I think I liked the strategy of. Oh, if it's a good card, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a card that if you play like a successful other one, I forget Crash or Clash, one of them that like if this was played before, it's double the damage. I forgot what okay. card it was. Okay. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? It I was, do know which one you. Iron. There was there was a specific. It's like storm clash because clash is the name of his attack, right? And then it was like, mm -hmm. depending mm -hmm. on how many clashes have been played, like game. You know, oh yes, yes, yes. It was that's what it was. It was like if you have, I'll find it. Or this yes. the <laughs> deal additional damage for all cards contained. It was strike. It was perfected oh, strike. Perfected mm. strike. So it I deals more damage strikes. for every strike that's in your deck. Yes. yes. It didn't and have to be perfected strike. Could have been dual twin strike. It could have been. Right. Yeah, it could have been yeah. Strike was the one that did that, I think. Yes. And then if you had like a regular strike or whatever, like you're saying, mm -hmm. and that and that's what's just so interesting. Pummel. And it does take a knowledge of understanding of all the possibilities yeah. of how your deck can go. But like, there are basic categories. Like we brought up um, how the Ironclad has that one attack. Yeah. Basically, all all the characters have this. Like, oh, this is going to be a really weak attack that does, but you're not going to use up a turn for it. So you can, mm. if you can get enough of those cards, that in itself is, if you can really get a whole deck of like zero turn cards, the, the, like you the could thing about the stop, zero, never stop the zero deck, the zero base cards is that you, yes, they're great, but if you have two, a lot of them, but they're not causing you to draw more cards. Yeah. And like, you'll get a, you'll get a turn where you where like, I really didn't do much, enough in this turn. Right, and yeah. it is always finding those interesting, like cards that just work together. Well, so yeah. if I do this, this is going to make this, and like and, you need and like it, you need card synergy. <laughs> yes, and it, it turned in. It does create situations where it almost feels like you're playing the game, and it's like this is so hard. How can I possibly overcome these odds? But there are combinations of cards that literally almost make it feel easy. Yeah, it's like oh, how could anyone do like if I play this card, this card, this card? They're done. It's over. And that's why you have the three, uh, the three groups, or rather three characters, or I guess four. I guess four. Uh, the the watcher counts. The watcher counts. I'm gonna ask you about the watcher because I was too intimidated. Um, the silent, I think, was my favorite because the poison aspect of that character he doesn't. He doesn't have as many cards that do as much damage as mm -hmm. the ironclad, but. I got into such a fun kind of rhythm of a balance of having really great defensive cards, but then having cards that could do a lot of poison damage. Mm -hmm. So I could literally just set people up for, you can't hurt me, and I have now I'm already gonna, done I'm enough gonna block to you forever. Early. I'm going to block forever, <laughs> and you're poisoned, and I'm just watching you die in front of me. And I yeah. literally had, and there was, and then there's a card called um, Corpse Explosion, where... Mm -hmm when you kill an enemy, it will now do that damage to, but their max HP to the other. And then there's a boss where it's literally, I think it might be an end boss. I forget. I think it is where it's like two giant enemies. And they both have like 500 HP. Mm -hmm. And I had the card. I'm like, I only have to kill one of you and it's over. And it just, it's so crazy. Like encountering those, those enemies in different scenarios. But if you have the right cards, it literally becomes easy because you have the right deck for it. 
Um, what about you? Did, did did you have a character that kind of stuck out to you? I really love the Watcher. The Watcher's my favorite. The the first and, and my, you know what? It's probably yeah. the hardest one. The yeah. one I lose the most as, but I find like the victories just feel so much more rewarding with that character. Cause it's like stances. That was a time oh, yeah. of, like I beat the game as the, the Ironclad design, the defect. It's like I don't know if I have another character and maybe try to learn a new. But you see, like card. after you've gotten the Watcher, at least now in this version of the game, I don't know mm-hmm. if this was the thing before. After you've beaten all as the main three, you get the keys, mm-hmm. and the keys change everything. Because they unlock the uh, the whatever. The keys you they unlock the ability to reach the real final boss, the heart, and they have to fight right. the heart. It's like 50 And the heart the, is yeah. ridiculously hard. I've never beaten the heart. I've reached the heart a few times. I watched yeah. the ending after you beat the heart. It's not, it's not, it doesn't feel worth it other than the <laughs> satisfaction true. that you yeah. get. It's kind of like if you go Deathless in Link's Awakening, all it is is a picture of the female protagonist. Mm. And it's like, oh. Oh, that guy did cool. it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I mean. But yes. But like, yeah, with this, there's, yeah, with the stances, it's like you can go into, um, I forget the name of the stances. I'll have to look this up real quick. Um, watchers. <laughs> Type in. <laughs> it's the Googling section on the podcast. You say that every time. <laughs> well, we always have a section where it's like, <laughs> yeah. we need information. This is, Let's why, listen to me Google. I just want to, oh. I don't want to say it wrong. So, oh Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I thought I saw it, but it was somewhere else. Hold on. I'm on this I, I mean, that was the thing that it made me intimidated by it. Where it's like, because there is a learning curve with each character. You have to understand what the character. The interesting deck. parts of her, her deck is that there is an ability called Scry, which lets you look at the next cards. Oh, that's and if you so you know what's coming up, and also if you don't like it, you can you can throw it into your discard. Mm, so you have you can cool. have more control over what the next couple of cards are, and then Which you can I think... stack that with abilities that make Scry do additional damage, even though it maybe did none or something. Yeah, or and that that in itself something. is like a strategy where yeah. there are relics where it's like, oh, suddenly you there is no max for how many cards you have in your hand, so you literally can have fifteen options. I think and it's like it's all there. Yeah, is there isn't isn't your hand a max of ten? The, it, it, there is a there is a standard number, but you can get items that change that. So like I remember, was it with the defect? I forget who it was. I literally would have a, a hand of like fifteen cards, and it's like, and I would have another thing where it's like, okay, these cards will stay in your next hand. Yeah, I remember having that ability to keep them in your hand still. Yeah, and it's just there. It again, like the learning curve kind of falls into your understanding your options, mm-hmm. but once you as you play through a run, then you really start understanding, okay, this is what's coming up. I can pair this with this and then I can use this with this. And it just creates so many options for you where, and I, I think again, it's, it's kind of a testament to the balance where mm. there's no like, Oh, this strategy is totally better than one other, but they're all good enough that you can get far enough in the game without kind of just, Oh, like, you know, like there were times where, you know, when you're playing a roguelike and you know, like, especially like FTL, I remember it's like, well, I'm getting towards the end, but there's no way I'm going to beat this final boss. Like, mm-hmm. I, I just don't have the ship that's going to be able to do it. Like, with this... That's what I, this game reminded me a lot of. It's, it's a lot like FTL. Oh, FTL. It's a lot like FTL with slightly more agency, but still I, that ultimate... 
uh, at the end, am I going to be able to pull through this? <laughs> I, I think there's just, yeah, I mean, I think you could definitely get to the end and be like, my deck is crap. I'm not going to yeah. be able to do this. But I do think there's enough beats where, like, in Act 2, in Act 3, I'm like, oh, I, I'm going to have an understanding of how far I'm going to get by this point. Like, I, I've seen the beats fall down. It's like, okay, this is really working well. This is going to be a really powerful card. And it really, sometimes it only takes one card to really click things mm-hmm. together. Like, you know, it's like the side, or actually, no, like we didn't really talk about the defect, the defects whole thing about the orb slots, like, The defect's my least favorite to play as. It's really tricky, because it's like, how do you, I always felt a lot of my runs of defects, like, I can't do any damage, like, I'm just not finding the opportunities, (laughs) and it all clicked for me, I got, uh, I think it was a, it was either, I think it was a relic, that suddenly the amount of orb slots I had was unlimited, so, okay. and I had cards that would, oh, add this to this, add this to this. And I would literally have 10, 15 orbs queued up. Yeah, yeah. And half of them are ice, so I have all this defense. Mm-hmm. And there's like two or three shadow ones that are just building and building and building. I'm like, well, once these things come up, I'm going to deal 200 damage to you. You're done. It's mm-hmm. like, there's nothing, you can't hurt me, and I'm dropping a bomb on you. And my, I had one successful run as the, the defect. And I was just like, I'm literally unstoppable right now. You can't. There's nothing that could hurt me. And it's just such a fun and rewarding experience when you when you when all the cards click. Yes. Yes. So <laughs> the st- back to the watcher. The watcher. Oh, we the, got the watcher's stances are are okay. calm, wrath, and divinity, right? Mm. The thing about calm is yes, it takes a turn usually to enter calm, but when you come out of that stance, you gain energy. Mm. You know, so that that's that good. It's your turns. Yeah, so you get to be able to play more cards in that turn. When you're in Wrath, you do double damage, but you also receive double damage. That's like Demon Souls. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but like, so a lot of times you'll want to go into Wrath directly from Calm, so that way you come out with more energy and you could just finish things off. I would like to think in life you would also feel like that. You want to come out of Calm into Wrath. Or if you can finish your turn (laughs) in Wrath from Wrath and go directly into Calm at the end of it, you're okay, you know, before you take damage. And then there's another one. The Divinity one is, like, you have to consume Mantra to reach into, and then it lasts one turn, but during that turn you, you gain three energy just by entering it, and you do triple damage. Mm, that's That's something. See, so like, and you gotta figure all these things out, and you have to yeah. go through runs where you're learning all these things. But once mm. you do it, it's like that's yeah. the real yeah. game. It's not really the cards as much as it is. I see that this character has three potentials. Yeah, that, three things that it does that. Yeah, I need to f- see it when one of those three things are taking shape and go in that direction. Yeah. Right. And exactly. Maybe two things. I'm just using like, arbitrary. Even but with the uh, the ironclad, like one of my successful r- runs with the ironclad, is I became I'm um I made him a vampire, and all of his strikes became like a bite, and but the bite heals you, in right. addition mm-hmm. to doing damage. Mm-hmm. So it was like that became like a big, a big part of that sounds uh, huge. Right. Because yeah. he yeah. loses health pretty quick. Uh, there's not a lot of block potential with the ironclad. Eh, well, it depends cards. on the cards that you take. I think that's a big deal is when you're selecting your cards, you always remember to take a balance of these cards block and these cards attack. Try right, and keep right. that balance so that way you're 
your hand. Yeah. And again, that's why I was always nervous about just being having a loaded deck. Because if it's you're like, if you're leaning I need those too cards. much towards doing DPS, you're gonna get slammed sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's like, oh, these are all good cards, but if you're always doing damage and you're waiting for you're those defensive cards, like you're not gonna last. Um. Yeah. yeah so. Uh, as we were kind of keeping an eye on the timer, any any big takeaways, any final words we want to bring up about Slay the Spire? I've... I will Go say ahead, my words are going to be less than yours. I will say oh, that boy. this is the kind of game, as many games in the podcast, where of course I didn't finish it, but I don't think I'm done with it. Uh, I have it on my Switch, which is the best way to play a game when you want to pick it up anytime. Mm-hmm. Mark, eh, I'm sorry, man. We do this to you all the time. I um, don't spend time on the toilet. Leave me alone. No. <laughs> It still makes me laugh. Anyway, it's that kind of game. If you're looking for a game to pick up and put down and not really feel like you lost a lot by putting it down, I feel like that's what this game is to me. It's Mm. it's always there. I'm not worried about coming back to it like I am with Last of Us or something like that. Yeah. Dave, you are up. I'm just saying this is like my perfect... This is the the game I go to now while I edit the podcast. To play. Mm. Like I can can listen to our podcast and edit it and play this at the same time because it's like there's never there's never like a time hurry, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So if I have to go back and take out a table bump or whatever, so I'm like, this is. Wait, I'll give you one right now. Ready? <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but like I and I anticipate I'll keep doing that with this for a long time. Do you have it on the Switch? I have. I bought it twice. I you bought it on, it on the Switch first, and then I was like, this is not enough time. <laughs> for me to play Slay the Spire. I want this. And I Wish prefer play playing now. with a mouse. I see. Okay. I, I could see that, yeah. Mark, what do you play it on? I only play games on the PS4 because that's who I am. Wow. As a I mean, I asked you what you played on and you gave me a statement. I did. I mean, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I just, I've, I understand my comfort levels. If the game is on PS4, I'm playing it on PS4. If I have to play it somewhere else, I will, but I never want to. Dave, I, should, I would like you to play it with a mouse just to feel the difference. Just you guys, you guys don't even know how excited I am to play Cuphead now on PS4. You guys don't even know. <laughs> I have a, I have a, Dave, do you recall <laughs> if the touchscreen did anything for the Switch version of this game? I don't think it does. Would that change your opinion of the Switch version of this game? No, because it wouldn't be the same. The Switch touchscreen doesn't work that well. Oh snap! It doesn't. It's not. It's no iPhone touchscreen. We you know what I mean? Spoiled. Yeah. Trash, trash console. Anyway, Mark, I'm I'm walking all over your <laughs> here. No, I'll say this game definitely deserves all the accolades that it deserves. It is. It has made me kind of open my eyes to uh, card games yeah. that I've not considered. It's like, oh, that's not a thing for me. Now I feel like it is a thing for me. And there's a couple games coming down the pipe. I'm like, oh, that might be a good thing because I'm interested in playing yeah. more. And th- like like you guys said, like this is a game that I'm never gonna uninstall. It is always there. I it understand was like it. Twenty megabytes, like it's so. Yeah, whatever. Like yeah. this is a game you could easily pick up, play, have a good forty five minutes, walk away, and feel like you walked away with like a good gaming experience. So, Slay the Spire, big thumbs up from us here at the Dinosaur Machines Game Club podcast. However, what we might not get a thumbs up? Trivial taste maker. That's right. As, as <laughs> when, just gonna like casually insult Dan's taste. I'm starting now. What I'm starting to do is just rebel against it because as we go into a new season, the scoreboards are all zero. However, historical speaking, of we all monkeys, know is at least negative one for Mark. 
Mark has one silver monkey. Dave has eight. Dan has seven. All right. That means I can rig it tonight to make sure that you, I'm facing you for well, the silver Well, as monkey. you were texting us about our understanding of Yugi, I'm like, Dan is going to so, he's gonna pull one over on me right now. All right. It's going to happen. Here's, what's, here's why I, I asked about Yu-Gi-Oh. Here's why I asked about Yu-Gi-Oh, and here's why I wound up on something else entirely. Um, <laughs> what, I, what this game is, is I'm going to read you the... Table I'm gonna book. read you the. <laughs> I'm gonna read you the flavor text of a card, oh and you're gonna have to guess of uh, from three, which card I'm talking about. What's a flavor text? So fla- here's why I couldn't do Yu-Gi-Oh. Flavor text. Wait, is this the game we are playing or the game we're yes, not playing? Yes, this is what we're gonna do. So I, oh, I just no. changed. David knows where I'm going with this. Um, I so do? the flavor text is like you do. It's magic because apparently that's only a magic thing. Oh, flavor text? I mean, I, that's I, where the I name guess. that's where that has the naming convention. I'm so lost I, right oh, now. Oh, sorry. All right. So, flavor text <laughs> is like you have a card that let me actually I'll read to you flavor text right now. I have the website up of this season's magic cards. And this is not one of the ones that's going to be on the answer. So, there's Soul Mender, which is a white card. It's a creature, and here's the flavor text. Healing is more art than magic. Well, there is still quite a bit of magic. So it kind of, and then there's this beautiful picture of a wizard who's like healing. And that's like, to me, like the whole allure around magic was like the lore was built into these cards. And apparently that's why, that's probably part of the reason it was so unique because they did that. So I'm going to read to you that obscure text and I'm going to give you three card names and you're going to guess. So we're going to try to pair the flavor text with the card. Yes, yes, yes. All right. And the... (laughs) And this is totally based on the fact that you could not have possibly recalled these unless you're really into Magic the Gathering. Yu-Gi-Oh! doesn't do this. Because I had a feeling Dave might have played Magic. Maybe I was wrong. But I played was... Magic a long, long time ago and not for very long. Like, yes, let, so the yeah. record, let the record show that Dave Grimma, <laughs> massive nerd. I think I played for like two weeks and then I was like, I, this is, there's too much upkeep for this. And then I gave I'm my cards t- away. I'm too busy kissing girls. It's ironic because upkeep is a phase during your turn. Anyway. <laughs> oh, um, there it is. Spoilers. So, it, and I'll just say right now, the tiebreaker is that I will have you, I will describe a card to you and you will have to choose, you'll have to tell me. The casting cost. I will go over that if we get to that point. I mean, I'm just proud of you. You had a tiebreaker. I look. <laughs> I thought of that like right before you decided to call tie, uh, tastemaker. <laughs> anyway, here we go. I have my list here. Um, I'm gonna read to you flavor text, and you're gonna respond to me. I'm gonna tell you three card names. And you're gonna tell me which one the card is. Sure. Gotcha. Uh, the person who. So this was whose per- whose game? Uh, mine. Slightly Spire. So Mark, you're gonna go first. Yeah. Uh, in the guess, actually, yeah. No, no, no. Let's well, it doesn't matter. Cause no, we it can doesn't. Do, you got you to right. ding in. Yeah, you gotta, way, to, way to make me feel entitled. Actually, it not. does matter if you go first because that means you're setting the stage for whoever's going to go after you. Which is... Why can't we just agree or disagree? On anyway, the here's right. the first favorite text. <laughs> Nylia's sacred links guards those who honor the Nesian wood and hunts those who don't. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, here are the cards that it could or could not be. Rabid Bite, Feral Invocation, or Uncaged Fury. Can I pause real quick? You can so, pause real quick. Did you make up? No, none of these are none of these are. These are all fictional. real cards. Probably. These are all real cards. 
but okay. they don't map. The, so you're not finding the fake card. You're finding the card that matches to the flavor text. Can you read them all again? <laughs> all right. I hate you. Uh, do you want me to just, since we're still kind of paused, I'll just... There was I'll, a lot I'll, of words. There was a lot of words there. All right. I mean, it's part of the fun. Anyway, <laughs> Nylia's sacred links guards those who honor the Nezian wood and hunts those who don't. Okay. The three cards are Rabid Bite, Feral Invocation, or Uncaged Fury. I want to go with the middle one, the, the Invocation one. Okay. Feral Invocation. Mark I was going to go with feral uh, invocation. Uncaged Fury is what I was going with. Okay. Well, Mark gets the point for this one. The Wow. Okay. There it is. All right. Um, cool. So Mark won. Did you guys know that I'm actually a magic expert? <laughs> I don't know if you guys know that. Mark is the... He's memorized all the magic cards that are. So he actually strong, writes flavor text. <laughs> you know, it's not totally unheard of. All right, strong start, but there's plenty more where that came from. There's plenty of time for me to lose. Keep going. Second card. No, not washed ashore. It walked ashore. This quote was by Shaffering Holm, a beachcomber. Ah, so it's ah beachcomber. A quote. So these are the three cards. Yarox Wave Crasher, Octo Prophet, which when I saw that one, I was like, this is the best card. That's pretty good. <laughs> and Risen Reef. Dave, you get to pick first. I'm going to go with Octo whatever. I'm going to go Risen Reef. Mark, that's two for two. Um, I'm Dave, not lying. Sorry. I know all the magic cards. <laughs> Octo Dad, he's my dad. Octo Dad is me. <laughs> Uh, all right, two nothing. There's still uh, a handful of cards left. How would the reef walk up ashore? He's a risen reef, <laughs> Dave. Okay. He's risen. He's like Jesus. He's risen. Anyway, <laughs> Dave's like good counter. I can't. I can't say anything. You're absolutely right, Mark. Of course, it's like Jesus. That's your always. <laughs> yeah, you, it's, oh, it's your trump rise. Anyway. Uh, okay, this one's a little shorter. Even its shadow is a dazzling rainbow. Whoa. The three cards are. Prismite, Pattern Marcher, or Diamond Knight. Even its shadow is a dazzling rainbow. What's the first one? Prism. Pr prismite. I'm going to go Prismite. I was also going to go with Prismite. I'm gonna you stick both with get a point. Because they're going to do rainbow. they got to bring up the prism. I, this, I, I, honestly, I feel like that was probably the easiest one. Because I was uh, like, this is, okay, what else shines like that? But I like this flavor text. I anyway. mean, diamonds. Anyway. Yeah, you're not complaining, I know. Um, all right, next one. I love this thing. It's my best invention since the Boulder Fist Gauntlet. Three cards are. <laughs> Who is this Shut. person talking? <laughs> That's the, the inventor of, of what this the, card does. The right. inventor Which, of the Boulder Fist Gauntlet. Right. Of course. The three cards are Shock, Fry, or Plummet. Uh, the, one of these three. Dave, you get the big word. I'll go with Plummet. Plummet. Shock, fry, plummet? Yeah. I'm going to go shock. Okay. Mark got it again. I understand magic. I, I, I don't have get the what's magic, happening. The magic is within me. I'm a little scared <laughs> right now. Um, it's worth noting that Mark is up by four to one. And four there are one? two cards left. <gasps> Mark's already won. 
unprecedented. Oh my god. We're gonna Let, do the other two. Yeah, you guys, this is the best night of my life. <laughs> I am uncomfortable with how well you did for the, this is like your your coming back tale. Like you next my the next five Every once in a while. <laughs> Mark gets a tastemaker where he just cannot be stopped. Eighteen this, this seasons later, <laughs> listener, and finally, Mark finally found his stride. There it um, is. All right, these, I like these last two. Anyway, ne- next um, time, Mark's gonna, next week. Mark's gonna be like, "So, Dave, are you giving me a Magic the Gathering? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you gonna so, challenge so, me to Magic for the tastemaker? I mean, I could probably play this game. I never played anyway. <laughs> Roots reach deep and sometimes tap into things better left undisturbed." Uh, the three cards are Wake Root Elemental, Overgrowth Elemental, or Vorst Claw. Uh, overgrowth. I was going to say the same thing. You're both wrong. It is uh. the Vorst Claw. Uh, Why is that first word? Worst? Vorst. Vorst. Like Borsk? Nope. Like nope. Vorst. A little just different. V-O-R-S-T. Last one. I just wanted, to, one. Say, wanted to pick Overgrowth because of Bulbasaur. Yeah. I mean, arguably second best Pokemon. Uh, all right, arguably. so this one's gonna. This one's probably my favorite one, just because of how it sounds. Poor, poor little Sun Dweller out past curfew, and to think you might have survived if it wasn't so close to supper time. The three cards are Blood Burglar, Barony oh. Vampire, or Vampire of the Dire Moon. What was the middle one? Barony? Blood Burglar. Barony, uh, Barony Vampire, or Vampire of the Dire Moon. Now, is he Barony, like, R-O-N, or R-O-N-Y? B-A-R-O-N-Y. <laughs> like, Barony, like, you know. Like he's like, a, like he's a Baron, or like he's from a Baron? I'm going to look at the picture and say yes. Mm. That That is, it seems as though there is some level of prestigeness going on. Uh, Dave, you get that. I want to oh, I I pick matter. the Baron. Yeah, I mean, you uh, built it up at this point. You have to. I, w- I would also like the Baron. Mark and Dave both got points. Yeah. <laughs> Two. You can't, you, can't, you can't pass a good Baron. I can't I like believe you did so well, Magro. I didn't know I had it in me. You, it's, it's, it is you. It is who you are. But Maybe this is your calling. Mark, Maybe you should be writing flavor text in their, in their titles. imagine how cool they're that, just that like be... They're just like zinger lines. They are. <laughs> And the art is also... That's the same I, concept of what they do in Destiny for, like, the guns. Yes, it and is exact... That is that is flavor text, Mark. Yes, you've done yeah. this before. I kind of always feel like it's, like, obscure movie codes. It's like they never see it coming, Colin. They just the pack Spanish as much personality. They pack as much personality as they can. And, it, you know, maybe it made Magic the Gathering what it is. But, Mark, uh, congratulations tonight. Thank I gotta you. I gotta do a little bit of this. Only you did so well. Dave, you all I, did well. Give me this. I never get this moment. I'm, I give you a clap. Hooray. Huzzah. Mark, you And while listening, As listener, I slide Dave a 20 me. across the internet. Just well, PayPal. listener, while you're thinking how great I am, uh, thanks for listening to the Dinosaur Machines Game Club podcast. Every other week, as always, we will be tackling a new game. Dave will be pulling up the machine now. Yes. But as he does that, reminders again, if you like this podcast, leave us some ratings, some subscribing in the podcast service of your choice. You can always reach out to us on Anchor and leave us a voicemail if you want us to answer a question or to hear a comment. Um, or as always, you can listen to us uh, or listen to us and uh, communicate with us on Twitter. Wow. We're Dino underscore machines. I'm at Macro Crack. I'm at zombie underscore pirate. I have and the results of the machine. 
But always um, Slasher Dan says his thing. Um, at Dan O'Mac. And you can also reach out, you can leave a message on Anchor if you want to talk about I, I said that. I told you them. You, you did? Well, me. now they extra know. So now if they mm. don't. By the way, guys, quick. you could leave us a message on Anchor if you so choose. <laughs> <laughs> well, remaining games we have uh, 1980X. We have mm. Creeks. We have Air. Er, er, Colon, something about memories. Yeah. Memories of old. Hypnospace. Hypnospace Outlaw and Streets of Rage 4. Thank you, Dave. Next time. What are we playing? Oh, it's Air. Memories of old. Air. 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 Just Air. It's not a word. It's like, no, because Air is A-I-R. I think it's Air. 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 Air game. Do you want me to give you like a quick little buzz? Buzzer about this one? Tell us about it. Dan, why did you pick it? Yeah, I picked it because it's pretty. It looked like Zelda. Pretty and looked like Zelda. Pretty yep. looked like Zelda. That's put, that. That's uh, a magic card thing. Pretty I, looked like Zelda. I put a lot of scholarly thought into the games we choose for the podcast, and I think that's this is my most thought about. No, I, I just like the way this one looked. And you can fly. I love flying in video games. Yeah, you sure, they could fly in this game. Hopefully, that sure. pays off. <laughs> as if. <laughs> I'm sure. Well, it will. We, we will discuss that on the next episode. But until then, listener, thanks for tuning in. Kisses. Kisses and smooches. Be safe. We love you.